I'm going to preach for just a little bit. I'm going to hopefully cut it a little short, not to keep you too long. I'm going to read a very familiar passage, uh, our verse of Scripture today. The kids are going to stay in here. I don't know if that's been uh, communicated, but they're going to stay in here today. And uh, next week we'll go back to our regular children's ministry uh, process. But John 3.16, a passage that most people know, even if they're not Christian, they see it on sporting at sporting events and people making posters and a variety of different things that people know what it is. I got a friend of mine who, uh, when people talk about John 3.16, he asked him what John 3.15 says. Nobody knows what that says. But everybody knows John 3.16. says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. One more time, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to preach just for a little bit on the greatest gift the greatest gift. I I don't know how many of you remember your childhood Christmas presents. I asked this question on a Thursday night a couple of weeks ago at our small group. What's the greatest Christmas present you've ever received? I was actually amazed that it took them quite a while to come up with a present. Maybe it's because they weren't that great, or maybe it's because you have to try to pick one out of the whole group of presents that you have received. And immediately for me, when I thought about the greatest Christmas present that I've ever received, and, and it's really probably not the greatest, it's just what I remember. And, and sometimes I, I don't even remember what, remember what I received unless I'm looking at pictures. Anybody like that? You have to see a picture of that Christmas to figure out what you actually got, because it just wasn't that memorable. But the the Christmas presents, there are three particular ones that stood out to me. It was when my brother, who is three years older than than I, he he and I received 10-speed bicycles for our, our, one of our Christmas presents, and they were blue with red accents, and and I had that 10-speed for quite a while. Another one was the BB gun that my brother and I uh, received for, for Christmas. It could have been that same Christmas. It could have been uh, a, a Christmas right on either side of that. But it was a right, at least right about the same time as that. I, I had a lot of fun with that BB gun. Anybody have a BB gun when you were growing up? Anybody? A few? All right. Kipton's still got one. So I, I, I killed a lot of animals with that BB gun, birds and whatever else, and until, and I just, I wanted to throw this in just because I, I like to throw my brother under the bus. And my, my brother and I had identical BB guns. And he was a little more inquisitive about the, the inner workings of the BB gun than I was. And so he decided one day that he wanted to take the BB gun apart and see how it worked and, and see how the mechanism worked. And when you would pump the BB gun and then, you know, what happens when you pull the trigger and how it projects the the BB out of the end of the gun. He took it apart, and as he unscrews the cover on it, springs begin to pop and fly everywhere, and and he was never able to put it back together, and the only problem was 
he decided to experiment with my BB gun. Not his, he was too smart for that, so he experimented with my BB gun, and if he's watching this, I'm still bitter to this day. Uh, no, not really. Another, another Christmas present that I remembered was the go-kart that uh, my father bought us for Christmas one year. He had a lot of fun with that go-kart. Uh, I was kind of a wild, crazy person. I don't know if you can figure that out about me. And uh, had, a, had a loop going around our, our backyard. It was fairly large. And, you know, back then I didn't know that it was called drifting. But, man, I would drift with the, with the go-kart as I would turn these curves and uh, not very safe, but a whole lot of fun. But, and out of all of that, I've, there's probably been times when I've received a, a lot of gifts that I didn't really want or didn't really care about. And, but when I look at those, a 10-speed bicycle or a go-kart or a BB gun, while they were fun, they were not all that great in the, the big scheme of things. It didn't really change the course of my life. It didn't really change my eternal destiny. But there is a gift that you and I can receive and that we, most of us have received that will change our lives and will change our eternal destiny. And it is the greatest gift that you and I could ever receive. It is the gift of salvation. It is the gift of coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we have that relationship with Him and He gives us the gift of salvation, everything in our present life should change and everything in our future life, our eternal destiny has changed. As I hurry through this, I want to point out three things about this gift of salvation. And the first is this, is that it is free to us. It's not free because salvation costs something. The text that I read, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It, it cost God something that He who would become incarnate and would become revealed in human flesh, He had to go to the cross, that Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid the penalty for your sin and mine. But because He did that, He is freely giving us the gift of salvation. One of my favorite verses of scripture it's and I've probably read it to you and, and many of you would be familiar with this and and one of the things that I love about this verse is not only its theological significance and what it means to us but but I love the way that Paul uses language that he says multiple things without having to say multiple things it's Romans six twenty three, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin, that, that what you and I earn, the wage is something that we earn when we work. We go to a job, you, you punch the clock, you get paid for the work that you put in or the time that you put in. And what Paul writes is this, is that the wages are what we earn from our lives, that which is sinful, is death that what we deserve is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ he doesn't say that we earn it he, he compares and he contrasts this wages of what we're earning versus what God is just giving us and aren't you thankful that the gift of salvation is free that you don't have to earn it you don't have to be good enough 
that you don't have to, to spend a certain amount of time and invest a certain amount of time into God's kingdom. And then he says, well, maybe one more day and, I, and I'll let you be saved. He doesn't do that, but he freely gives us the gift of salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. God is the one who gives us salvation Gifts, by definition, should be free. Have you ever gotten a gift that wasn't really a gift? You ever had somebody give you something? And when they give it to you, they're really expecting something else in return. That it's not really a gift. They want something. Either you have to do something or you have to give them something in return. It's, it's this idea, oh, let me just give this to you. And then you have this reciprocal process you have to, to go through. I, I've done, you know, volunteer work here and there. And sometimes when, when I see people do volunteer work, they're looking to get something out of it. They're not freely giving their time. They're, they're wanting some kind of recognition or they're wanting some kind of accolade or they're wanting a, a gift card. They're actually doing what they do so that they can get something in return. But a gift, by definition, should be free. And what God is doing is He is offering us salvation for free. Jesus would say in Matthew when he's sending out the 12, he's sending out the 12 disciples and he, he tells them, he says, go and heal the sick. Go and cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. It's what he calls us to do is to freely give because we have ultimately freely received. We don't earn salvation and Ultimately, we don't deserve salvation. You never get good enough to get God. You can never be good enough for God to say, well, I think I'll give you salvation now. Because if we had to get good to get God, then we're earning our salvation. But He freely gives it to us when we choose to be in relationship with Him and when we choose to follow Secondly is this, that God's gift of salvation keeps on giving. It keeps on giving. Have you ever gotten a gift that caused you more work? Here's this plant. Now, the, every day for the rest of your life or its life, you've got to do something. Here's this animal. I'm going to give you this animal. Dog, cat, whatever your favorite. But now, every day for the rest of your life, you've got to do something. And you've got to go spend money on it. It's like, here's this gift that's going to take a lot of money out of your pocket. I had a friend of mine talk, uh, it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, actually. I was telling him that uh, we needed something. Uh, he, well, actually, he asked me, what did, what did we need? I was going to preach a missions conference a service for for him, and he's like, do you have a project? And I said, well, you know, we could use a 15-passenger van so that we could pick people up and 
uh, through this missions work we do or, or pick up kids or whatever. And he's like, man, that's the gift that keeps on giving. That if we do that, then you've got to pay insurance and you've got to pay gas and you've got to pay maintenance. He said, like, you probably should use your own vehicles. So instead, he bought us a baptistry. He's like, it's just going to keep on taking. This is my gift to you, but you're going to spend a lot of money on this gift. But God's gift of salvation doesn't keep taking from us. It keeps giving to us. It is the gift of the Spirit that brings salvation, that when you're saved, the Spirit comes and lives inside of you through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And and that, that salvation and the Spirit come together. Peter would say it this way in Acts 2.38, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say it's the gift of salvation here, but, but when you're saved, the Spirit accompanies salvation. It's not a saved, then as some would say, saved, sanctified, filled with the Spirit. It's saved and filled with the Spirit. That God gives us His Spirit When he gives us salvation, John records Jesus' words to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit in order to enter the kingdom of God. Paul would say in Romans that you must have the Spirit in you. You are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit that dwells in you. The salvation and the infilling of the Spirit go hand in hand. But it's a gift that keeps on giving Because when we have the Spirit now, the Bible says that we can have gifts of the Spirit. We can have the gift of the Spirit, which then gives us gifts of the Spirit. I'm not going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's 13 verses that I put here, but Paul lists out nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit. Things that the Spirit will give us. Whether it's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, or faith, or gift of healing, or working of miracles, or tongues, or interpretation of tongues, that the Spirit of God will give those to us after our salvation. That the Spirit of God keeps on giving. He doesn't ever take, but He continues to give. Thirdly, God's gift of salvation is eternal. Salvation isn't just the good life here, but it is an eternity with Jesus Christ. It's recorded in John 14, let not your heart be troubled if you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. It is a gift that is not just for this present life. And there are unquestionably benefits 
in this present life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That he wants us to have abundant life, not just in the world to come, but in the present world that we're in. He wants what is good for us. He wants what is best for us. But I would say this, that ultimately what is best for us here is what is going to get us there. And that anything that will keep us from getting there and anything that will hinder our relationship with Him, He's going to try to nix it. He's not going to give us that which is going to harm us, but He's going to give us that which will help us to have an eternity with Jesus Christ. I mentioned the 10-speed bicycle and the the BB gun and the go-kart. I don't, I don't have those any longer. They're somewhere, I'm sure, in a landfill scrap pile. They were fun while they, they lasted. A lot of good times. But those gifts that I remember from my childhood growing up, they're only temporary. Here for just a little while. Then you outgrow them or they break or they rust or your brother takes it apart. And then they're gone. God's gift of salvation doesn't run out. There is no expiration date on His gift of salvation. Now, it is not without effort. It is not without keeping that ongoing relationship. It's not about staying in that. There is all of that. But the gift of salvation isn't like the gallon of milk that you get used by December 26, 2021. It's an eternal gift. It doesn't rust. It doesn't break. Peter would say it this way, 1 Peter 3, or chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. It is an inheritance that is reserved in heaven. It doesn't fade, it doesn't corrupt, it doesn't rust. It's just as good today as the day He offered it to us. It is an eternal gift. As I was thinking about this, and as the praise team comes, I, there was a term that was used when I was growing up. And 
the moment I, I thought about it, I was like, well, that's just not very politically correct and sensitive. And so I looked it up. They say that it kind of went out of vogue in the 80s and 90s and people quit using it. So if you're my age or older, you would at least be familiar. And maybe they still use it. Who knows? But it is the, the term Indian giver. And what I had written down is this, is that God is not an Indian giver. And when I was growing up, that phrase was used pejoratively and negatively to, to talk about people who would give you something. And then a little while later they would decide that they didn't really want to give it to you and they would want it back. And to be maybe more politically correct... When I looked it up, the history goes back to at least the 1700s. And it was mostly a cultural misunderstanding where the Native Americans would, would give things to people, but they had that expectation of getting something of equal or greater value back. That if they're going to offer this, it really wasn't a free gift. And if you didn't give them something in return, they would take back their gift. So it became part of our cultural vernacular as people talk about don't be an Indian giver. But what I would tell you is this, is that God is not giving you the gift of salvation and deciding know what I didn't really want you to be saved anyway it is not his will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance it is his will that all of us be saved so if we lose the gift of salvation it's not because he just decided that he didn't want us to have it but it's because we decided that we didn't want to have People use various theological terminology such as perseverance of the saints or eternal security or once saved, always saved. And while those, in my opinion, and I think biblically speaking, are overstatements of the fact that a person can be saved and then they can be lost. It's not just because God is just arbitrary and He chooses to take His salvation back. But it can only be lost when we turn away from Him and we decide that we don't want to follow Him and we decide that we don't want to serve Him and we decide that His way is not the best way, but our way is the best way. The New Testament gospels would say that no man can pluck you out of his hand nobody can take his gift from you but you can't choose to get out of his hand God's salvation is free 
It's a gift that keeps on giving and it is an eternal gift. So how do you and I receive the gift of salvation, this greatest of gifts? They say that contrast is the mother of clarity. So maybe I could say it this way that the way we don't get it. We don't get it by just coming to church. We don't get it by just calling ourselves Christians. We don't get it by saying that we believe in Jesus. We don't get it by Acknowledging there is a higher power. We don't get it by joining a church. But we get it when we become followers of Jesus Christ. We get it when we follow Him in His death, His burial, and His resurrection which is repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Spirit evidence of speaking in other tongues. And we get it through that process and we keep it by that ongoing relationship and ongoing following of Jesus Christ. Would you stand together? My question today is are you following Jesus have you followed him in the gospel Paul would write in 1 Corinthians 15 that the gospel is the death burial and resurrection of Jesus we're called to follow him in that and As I already referenced, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you've got to be born of water and spirit in order to enter the kingdom of of God. Have you done that? If you have, then we should celebrate the gift of salvation that He has given us. If we receive that gift of salvation that we should live in a way that is worthy of His gift. Which means that we, we treat it like it means something. We treat it like it's valuable. We, we live our lives in a way that's pleasing to Him. If we receive His gift of salvation, we should never walk away from His gift. I can tell you numerous of my friends growing up raised in church their families went to church and that at some point in their life they were really on fire and following Jesus Christ but somewhere on that journey they decided that he wasn't really worth following and that the gift of salvation that he had given them wasn't worth having They traded 
in eternity with Jesus. But what they thought was a momentary pleasure. They traded glory for eternity with a momentary pleasure. I can name friends who ended up in prison and strung out on drugs who at one point had that free gift of salvation and they walked away. So my admonishment to you today is never walk away from his gift. And lastly, as Jesus said in Matthew, freely you have received, freely you give. You and I should share his gift with others. That if we are followers of Jesus, we share his gift. The name escapes me, it's not in my notes. Maybe it was Charles Spurgeon, the great 19th century preacher in England who said if you call yourself a Christian you're either a missionary or an imposter he gives us his gift so that we can share his gift with others anybody thankful for the gift salvation today. Would you, would you talk to the Lord? Would you thank Him for that right now? Jesus, we love You. We thank You for Your gift of salvation, Lord, that You have freely given to us. Lord, it is a gift that keeps on giving, Lord, that we walk in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It is a gift, Lord, that is with us, Lord, that blesses us, gives us other gifts of the Spirit, Lord. God, we thank you for your gift of salvation today. God, I pray that you help us to walk worthy of what you have done in our lives. To walk worthy of the salvation that you have given us, Lord. To value it. To never walk away from it, Lord. To share it with others at every opportunity. Thank you for your gift today. salvation and you're grateful for that I want to invite you to come to the front just to thank him as a public act of thanksgiving but also if you haven't received the gift of salvation it comes through repentance and being baptized in the name of Jesus it comes with being filled with his spirit 
wants to do that. For God so loved the world that He gave. His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I quoted it earlier. It's not His will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. So whether you've received His salvation and you're coming as a sign of thanksgiving or you need His salvation and you're coming as a sign saying, Lord, I, I want what you have to give, I'm going to invite all of us to come around the front for just a couple of minutes. Would you do that right now?